Hello and welcome to Two Peds in a Podcast, an educational podcast from Derbyshire Children's Hospital. My name is Dr Sarah Simons and I'm an F2 in the East Midlands and I'm joined today by Dr Ian Lewins, one of the consultants from Derbyshire Children's Hospital. Hello, good morning. Um, today we're going to talk about observing, so not an active intervention but a really important tool in paediatrics and in the assessment of a child, um, which is a little bit different I think for doctors who've maybe only worked with adults before. And I think sort of sitting back and keeping an eye on a kid um, who has shown up to A&E is something that perhaps you wouldn't do with an unwell adult who'd shown up to A&E. You'd tend to get a bit more hands-on sooner rather than later. Um, But I think that's an important distinction to recognise and understand why we do that sometimes with paediatric patients. Absolutely. Um, So to begin with, what do you mean when you say we're going to just keep an eye on this child for a while? Okay. So I think you're absolutely right, and I think it's... One of the things that we try and get across to people is when when they often come to paediatrics, um, you know, you say, well, kids get poorly very quickly, but they also get better very quickly as well. Um, and one of the things that when we, particularly if we've got trainees who have work or both off both sides are working, maybe an adult. ED as well as PDD, is that they're very keen to do lots of investigations, lots of blood tests very early. And actually, I think it's important to emphasise that observation is an investigation in paediatrics. And that's something we, that, that takes a bit of while to get used to. Actually, simply observing and seeing what this child like actually may give you far more useful information than a CRP, which then comes back at 50 and you think, oh, I have no idea what to do with that. Mm. To which answer is, well, don't do it in the first place. Um, <laughs> so, but observing is really important. And to try and help and one of the things that people often struggle with when they come to paediatrics is well I've got a rough idea a reasonable idea of what normal values are for adults I know what's tachycardic I know what's bradycardic but pesky children have different ranges and different Mm. numbers and and how on earth am I supposed to remember all these things to which answer is you don't have to okay We, we try and put something in place and that's where we use this thing called the POPs score Okay, so the POP score, so unlike the early warning score and early warning signs that you have for adult medicine, yeah. how does the POP score differ? So the POP score is something that, that we use specifically in ED. It's, uh, it was originally originated from um, Fionn Davis and, and Damien Rowland in Leicester, and we've adopted it here, and it's, it's, it's been increasingly adopted globally, in fact. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, it gives it gives you an idea of wellness, if you like, in very much the same way that a, a Pew score or a New score, or you know, and a, it's in that sort of same idea. But it's it's useful, and the, the way we score it is differentiated by age. So, unlike a set for an adult, mm. there's a set numbers. Actually, we break it down by age because we recognise that different children have different parameters yeah so the way that, that the one that we use is broken down is not to one one to two two to five and five to twelve and then once they're beyond sort of 12 13 then you're kind of looking at probably adult numbers yeah. um, and we we break it down into to different things so we look at pulse, we look at respiratory rate, and we look at temperature. So basic numbers, and the scoring system goes from zero, so green, if you like, um, to score naught, so a normal range for heart rate, a normal range for respiratory rate, and a normal range for temperature. Um, and then you can score one, 
or two uh, as, as your maximum either way so if you're mildly tachycardic you'll get a one if your uh, if your heart rate is slightly lower than it should be you'll get a one and equally if you're very tachycardic or bradycardic you'll get a two um, so the, the first thing is very simple things numbers pulse respiratory rate and temperature and we do those for all the age groups that we've talked about but we've then got different things um, that we, we include sats so sats you score a sats out of either naught one or two um, we look at an AVPU, mm-hmm. so we don't necessarily do a formal GCS, we'd look at an AVPU, so are you alert, yep. that gets you a zero, are you responsive to voice, uh, that gets you a one, or are you responsive to pain, or unresponsive, gets you a two. So um, that's thinking, so we're going down the A, B, C, D, this is your D bit. Um, breathing, again, is something that we look at, so we're thinking about uh, if there's no distress at all, you get a zero. If you've got mild recession, you'd get a one. If you've got severe recession, you'd get a two. But then we also recognise that in paediatrics, there are other noises that we should be worried about. Mm. So if they are grunting or wheezing, you'll get a one. Yeah. And if you've got stridor, as we talked about in other podcasts, you would automatically get a two for yeah. that. Um, and we, the other categories that we've got that, that, are, that are different to adults is we've got our high-risk groups. So children who are on long-term steroids or a diabetic, we recognise them as a high-risk group, you get a one. Um, equally, if you're an ex-prem or you've got a, a sort of syndromic condition, you'd also get a score of one. And those children who are very high-risk are your congenital heart disease children or your oncology patients, they get a two. Okay. So some children will automatically walk through the door and with a high tick pops. Some boxes exactly. Yeah. The last category. Yes. So the gut feeling category. Yeah. It's quite an interesting one because I think it sounds like objective measures are the basis of the yeah, pop score. Absolutely. Otherwise, whereas the gut feeling is is obviously more subjective. Absolutely. And that's something that very much depends on, I suppose, your own clinical experience, your frame of reference. Yeah. Um, and also I think taking into account parents presentation and the reason that they've come to A&E I think um, which is quite interesting in itself. And I think it's really important actually because it's it's that thing that you can't quite quantify Mm. and particularly you know when you've got fairly senior people triaging the nurse and and they'll come and say to you look the numbers look okay but they don't smell right to me. There's something yeah. not quite right about this child. And I think quantif- giving that equal measure to all the other things, I think, mm. is really important. Yeah. Um, the number of times that I've been saved by somebody saying, I know they're okay, yeah. the number's okay, but, but I'm worried about this person. And I think yeah. that gives it some uh, sort of a concrete... I am now giving this child, you know, if, if you've got a, a low level of concern, you'd score one. Or if you've got a high level of concern, or t- to you, as an experienced practitioner, this child looks unwell to yeah. me, you get a two. And I think in the context of knowing how quickly kids can, yes, get better, but kids can deteriorate very quickly, yeah. I think that's an important thing to sort of stop at the door and say, mm, I think someone yeah. should see this kid sooner rather than later. Yeah. Um, and so in our the system that we use, the when we're triaging them and putting them through electronically and the nurses are filling those in, it will generate a POPs score for you. And one of the questions sort of people new to it says, well, what does it mean? 
does it translate into something? You know, is it like a GCS where a score of below eight, you must do yeah. this? Um, to which the answer is, well, it's it's just a score. Mm. Um, and we tend to say, look, any child who's scoring eight or more, you've got to think, should I be actually seeing this child in recess? And taking them very, very seriously. Mm. But I think generally the, the way we tend to use it is to monitor this child to say look this child came in with a pops of three um, for example maybe they're a bit wheezy yeah we've done something about it or maybe they're a bit stridulous we've done mm-hmm. something about it now I think having done those as a in my clinical assessment I think they're ready to go home we try and do another repeat set of OBS within the hour before they go home including a pop score if that score's gone from three to zero or three to one, something like that, you can say, actually, yeah, they, they seem that seems a sensible decision mm. to let them go home. If they've got high pops, and they've still got a high pops, yeah. it's telling you they're not better. And, and you've, you, got to think why. you've got to think, why are they not better? Or equally, if they've got a higher... If you're saying, I think this child's well to go home, they're walking in with a pops of two, they've now got a pops of five, you've got to really question, mm. should this child be going home? So it's it's something that we try and encourage all people to, to sort of use um, in, in the department as a tool of, of measuring wellness, if you like. Mm. Um, and we in our department, we've got all these printed out and laminated, so every computer has one of these attached to it. And what I would say to, get to, to, to trainees is, look, don't try and remember these numbers. Yeah. <laughs> Because you, you'll, it's very you, difficult. It, it's difficult, <laughs> and you'll you'll make mistakes. I've been doing this a little while now, and I still refer to the pops chart mm. when I'm looking at this chart to say, do I agree with this pop score? And um, and actually, I think they're relatively well. Am I right that mm. they're relatively well? So that that's how I would use it. Yeah, I think one of the markers on the pop score is. Um, temperature yeah and that's something that can sometimes be a little bit controversial and sometimes you'll see parents who've come into A&E and said well he wasn't quite right and I, I just I didn't want to give him any cowpaw I didn't want to give him ibuprofen because I just didn't want to mask anything yeah um and I think as junior doctors often those tend to be the kids who maybe aren't very unwell um perhaps they might be a little bit hot they might be a little bit cranky yeah um but they're not very unwell but yeah. perhaps they would be scoring quite highly for perhaps being a bit upset a bit distressed with a high heart rate and a fever yeah which could well give them a pop score of about four, yeah. which is not insignificant. No. Um, and I know that we're going to talk about child with a fever at a later date yeah. on another podcast, but what would your take-home messages be in terms of um, assessing a child with a fever and advising on medication yeah. and things and okay. antipyretics? I, mean, I think it's there's, there's lots of things to talk about in terms of fever and antipyretics and whether you should or you shouldn't. Um, and... One of the, I think, when we're looking at pops and fever and thinking about sepsis, mm. is we, this concept of an inappropriate tachycardia, and we know that being poorly mm-hmm. m- makes you tachycardic. Generally, mm. we know that being hot makes you tachycardic. So trying to work out who's a bit poorly mm. and hot but not ill, versus the person who is hot and ill. Mm. 
Um, and so we have this concept of inappropriate tachycardia, which works along the lines of, look, for every degree above 37 that this child is, you can almost correct the heart rate. So for every degree, okay. you take 10 off the heart rate. So if your child's got uh, a heart rate, if your child's got a temperature of 40, mm-hmm. that's three degrees above 37, mm-hmm. we would take off 30 off the heart rate. Yeah. Now, if you've, Is that still? if you've done that, and that puts that heart rate in the green zero pops category, then they're probably just hot and tachycardic. If when you've corrected that, taking that 30, 30 beats per minute off, mm-hmm. they're not in the green. They're either in the amber pops of one or red pops of two. Then that's telling you it's not just the fever that's causing the tachycardia. They are inappropriately tachycardic and they're probably trying to tell you I'm ill as well as hot. And, and that's where having that pop score, having that reference is really vital and really essential. Yeah. Okay. Um, sounds like, obviously, with all patients, it's a case-by-case basis, but yeah. the POP score is a really good way of, across the board, saying, look, I'm worried about this job because of X, Y, Z, yeah. whether it be their numbers or whether it be your gut feeling. Yeah. Um, and ultimately, it gives you a tool to say, I think we should escalate, or I think we should maybe just keep an eye for a little bit longer, Yeah. Um, which is always worth thinking about absolutely across any clinical context really yeah and it's it's used in very similar ways to other early warning scores is high scores escalate early to seniors Mm. get them to come and see them they might share your concerns they might not but if they don't always get them to say i was worry worried you don't seem to be worried yeah why is that yeah and get them to explain to you and that's how you learn fair enough and i think on that note i think that's about it really for pop scores thanks very much thank you I nearly said points mean prizes.